There is nothing, absolutely nothing, like being able to serve yourself food when you need it. And that's what On Demand is about. You get to sit down at the Word of God when you can, when you're off work, when you have free time, and allow God to speak to you. So you're here with me today to have an On Demand journey. So join me today for a message that will unlock truth in your life and give you peace and blessing, I pray in Jesus' name. Enjoy today's message. Today, we're going to talk about how to be clear about work. One of the things that helps people when they succeed, if they're going to succeed, is knowing exactly what they're trying to succeed at. Beginning of the year, we started a series called How to Cut a New Path in Your Life. And in order to cut a new path in your life, one of the things you have to do is you have to build a better you. You already have that. Secondly, you have to build a better vision. Thirdly, you have to build a better foundation. You have to make better decisions. And then you have to deal with your tough issues. Can you say it with me, please? Say, build a better you. Build a better vision. Build a better foundation. Make better decisions. And deal with your tough issues. You will never fix your life if you're not willing to build a better you. If it's all about what somebody did to you, it's all about somebody else's offense, then you've lost your way. If you get focused on things that aren't good in terms of vision, your eyes are on the wrong things, you're never going to get anywhere. If you have the wrong foundation, you start with the wrong premise. All men are dogs. That's a bad way to start a relationship. If you start with the pre- a wrong foundation in terms of how you view work, life, money, management, everything's going to be bad. The whole house is going to be crooked. If you don't know how to make the right decisions, and if you don't want to deal with not my tough issues, your tough issues, then you're never going to succeed. And so one of the tough issues you got to deal with is work. There were three tough issues I talked to you about. Repeat it with me, please. Say sexual issues, relationship issues, work issues. Next month is going to be, say, team issues. That's next month. It is important for you to understand the importance of dealing with my intimate issues, how I deal with people, how I deal with people romantically. Because if you don't fix that, your whole life can go off the cliff very easily. Lose your way and end up in a place you don't want to be, in a, in a relationship that doesn't help you. It only harms you. More people are messed up in life because they did not manage their romantic life right. They just, they're everywhere. Their mind's everywhere, their life's everywhere, and their money ends up everywhere because of those decisions. They don't have a good ability to relate to people. Their relationship ability is horrible. That's that's their issue. No matter where they work, no matter where they go, it's all about not getting along with people. Always in strife, in and out of strife, all the time, all the time. Doesn't matter where you work, doesn't matter who you date, go out with, whoever you befriend, you fight all your friends, you fight your cousins, you know, everybody, you fight everybody. You're always in strife. Somebody's always offended you. And then the third thing, which is what we're talking about today, is work issues. If you don't know how to work, you're going to have trouble. So the goal in this series, there are four things I promised you. I said, write these down. These are not in your notes. Four things that are important. I want you to become clear about work and its value in your life. I want you to be clear. That's my goal, especially today. I, if, you do, if you're clear about your job description and you're clear about, secondly, how to work, then amazing things happen. So I want you to be clear and I want you to know how. Can you say that with me, please? I want you to be what? Clear and I want you to, secondly, do what? Know 
No how. You know how to work. That's next week. How to work. Are you clear about the value of work? Are you clear about the importance of that? I'm not just talking about, by the way, a paycheck. I'm not just talking about get a job. You want to make it about a job, but your personal work habits roll into your job habits. What you do at home carries over to your job. If you're scattered at home, you tend to be scattered at work. Scattered on anything. Anything you do, there's this, there's this confusion. But if you're clear, you work better. If you're clear, you see, you respond, you plan, you organize better. But if you're a chaotic person who lives in panic mode all the time, everything you do, vacation is chaotic. You're going to have fun, but you fuss and cuss all the way there, and you fuss and cuss all the way back. Because the way you work as a family, you don't work together. You don't play well together. And so there's always crisis. It doesn't matter what it is. And so sometimes you have to back up and say, Am I clear about what I'm doing? Am I clear about how I approach this? Or am I not clear? I see people start businesses and they're not clear. They don't know how to work at home. They surely don't know how to run a staff. So, number one, you got to be clear. Everybody say, be clear. Number two, you got to know how. You got to know how to work. What are the rules? What are the guidelines? You do this first and that second and this third. What's first, second, and third? How do I, how do I, get from here to there, if you had to catch a plane, and I could tell you the date, November the 4th of this year, you'd be late. <laughs> you wait till, you're going to be running through the airport trying to get in. It's because between now and November 4th, you won't plan well. You just know that you'll wait until the 4th around, the plane leaves around 8 o'clock. You'll think about it maybe 11 o'clock the night before. I need to pack something. But then you realize you didn't get your clothes out of the cleaner, so you don't have anything to wear. And so there's this whole pack of confusion. Here's why. Your how is broken. You don't, you don't know how to put things together. You can, it doesn't matter what it is. That's why getting kids up in the morning is difficult. That's why getting the kids to bed at night is difficult. Everything is chaotic. Everything, because we as a family don't know how to work. Laundry, we do laundry once a month. That's why it's piled up. <laughs> Come on, say How? That's the problem. It's the how is broken. You, don't, you can't wash clothes once a month. I'm sorry. You can't do it once a week. I, this is why, this is why you, when you walk in, they look like demons looking at you because you waited too long. Your how is broken. It's always, you're always almost out of gas. It's because you never look before you get to the E. You want to go this way. It's, it's, it's saying to yourself, when it gets to this point, I put gas in it. That's why the car gets that dirty, because your how is, this is not how we manage a car. We pay attention to the light that says maintenance. We pay attention to that. There's something about how, when I get paid, how do I manage this? Do I spend it all or do I save a percentage? How, how? When I shop, there's a big one. Boy, I tell you what, if your how is broken, watch out. This is the time of year money gets, starts flying out of your pocket. Because you don't have a strategy you don't know how. And if, you're not, if your how is not clear, this is how I shop. I don't shop past this dollar amount. I don't charge but this much, and I pay it off. I had this moment just this week. You know, and I, I was buying stuff. I was feeling pretty good. And, I, <laughs> and then I said, okay, but not Temple. You, you bought it. You got to pay it off. All of it. You know, that was a deal, right? You, t- you said when you charge, you pay it, right? Temple, you agreed to this, right? So I didn't want to do it. I was like, well, I'll do it next week. I'll do it 
Thursday. No, uh-uh. I had this argument with myself. This is how you stay free. This is how you work with your money. This is the how. If you're clear about how to engage, how to manage, you do better. The problem with a lot of folks is the how. Next week, I'll talk to you more about that. Third week, I'm going to talk about this. You ready? I want to talk about what? What we should work toward. Can you say what, please? It's not just being clear. It's not just knowing how. It's knowing what. Should, 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 I, should I work for money? Is that what I'm working for? Is, is that a wrong thing to say? That I'm in business to sell cars to make money? Is that a wrong thing to say? Is, that, is there something wrong? I know Christians go through this real confusion, you know. Or, so not just Christians, but people in general. Sometimes with this whole idea of why. What, what, what's this about? There, if, you're not, if you're not clear, and if you don't understand the rules, you won't do, you, you, you won't do it, what you need to do. Your business can't survive if you don't make money. And we're going to talk about this whole confusion thing about what. What we should do. If you know what to do and what not to do, you won't get, you won't get distracted. That's why, for example, if the phone rings, you go, I can't, I can't answer that today. That's not what I'm doing. I am not counseling now. That's not what I'm doing. I, 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 when people start driving and, and texting and all, you forget what you're doing. You're driving a vehicle. It can kill you and other people. This can wait. What? There's something, and I have to tell them, no, stop. No, don't do that. Don't, no, no, no. What are you doing? I have to tell them, what are you doing? There's something about knowing what you're doing. And then fourthly, we'll talk about this. I want to show you the, the limits <laughs> in working alone. I want to show you the power of limits. Say, say these words with me. Say clear. clear. Know how. Wow. What. Right. And limits. I want to show you some limits to working alone. If you are a person who doesn't work with anybody else, you will have limited income, you'll have limited opportunities, you will not have the impact you could have if you learn to work with others. You will limit your life forever. Some of the problem is with your marriage or whatever you're dealing with, you always work alone. You won't let anybody in. It's your business. It's your life. That's why it's like it is. Because nobody's allowed. You work by yourself. It's only what you see and how you see and how you feel and what you think. So here's what I want you to, in the series. I want you to be clear. I want you to know what to do, how to do it. I want you to know what to do. And I want you to know the value of working with others. And I think it changes everything. Because all of you are coming to this incredible moment where you've got to make a decision. Our church has to make a decision. How do we do church going forward over the next 10, 15, 20 years? What does it look like? Do we just continue to gather and sing, or do we embrace the future? The future's here. Technology's changed everything. Here's what I, I believe. People often go to the grocery store, I call of life, under how you work, right? People often go to the grocery store of, of dreams, and they put dreams in, in their buggy. The problem is they don't want to pay or don't have the ability to pay when they reach the register. One of my favorite sayings. You got all these dreams, all these things you say you want in your life, all these great things but you're not willing to do the work to get there. And if I'm honest, I have to say that's what I struggle with. I, um, I struggle with the cost. I struggle with the price. I struggle with um, what I told God I wanted in my life. 
it, it, when, I, when I'm sitting at the, the, the dinner table and I want to eat something, and, and um, especially when you're traveling, right, and you say, I want to be healthy, but I really want a burger with cheese and everything that you can get. But in my mind, I see that I want to look like that guy. And so to look like that, I can't have this. So I go to the grocery store of dreams. I put all this stuff in my buggy. But when it's time to check out, I don't want to pay. Is that you? What aren't you willing to, to do the work for right now? If you get, and let me tell you, this is an incredible moment when you step back and say, I don't, I don't want to do the work. I want a great marriage, but I don't want to do the work. I want a great, I want a great life. I want to be a better person. I want to build a better me, but I'm not willing to do the work. I say I want to do it, but I really am not willing to pay that price. I just want to talk about it. I love to ask people when they, what they want to be, especially young people. I say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And uh, I want to be a this or that. And I say, okay, well, if that's what you want to be, um, what does it cost to be that? And most of the time, they haven't even thought about it. Matter of fact, I can give you a couple of things I've noticed. They don't even know what the salary is. They want to be something, they don't even know what it pays. They want to be something, and they've never been anybody who was that. So if you want to be a doctor and you never talk to a doctor, you want to be an engineer, but you don't know an engineer. You want to be a business person, but you don't know I, I, you don't, You don't understand the work involved. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to take on for the rest of the week. The, the, the homework assignment of going home and saying, okay, what, what do I want to be and what am I willing to pay to get there? And here's what I want you to do. If you are not willing to do the work, stop saying you want to be there. Say what you want to be and focus on that. Because if you're, if you're saying stuff that's not in your heart, I told God I want to be a better Ricky. I told God I want to learn more. I really meant that. I really meant that with all my heart. I said, oh, my God, this is going to be great. I really did. And let me tell you, this is an honest moment. This is honest for me. Uh, I went back to school, right? And when I saw the syllabus, I, ch- I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I thought, no, I don't think I want to be that. I don't think. <laughs> this is, God, are you serious? I, I, no, this is the truth. I looked at the syllabus. And... Um, you know, doctoral programs are doctoral programs, but I really think, honest to God, I thought, you can't be serious. 2,500 pages? Are you serious? Like, for real? Like, in how, how many weeks? What am I going to do? Read all my life? I mean, I already have, a, I have church sermons. I have work to do. I have a day job. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking, you know, it was so hilarious. It was so, in, so, so amazing. I was in this cohort right this week. And, the, and, and so one of the things the guy said, you'll love this, those of you who got this degree. He said, uh, they, they said well, we, you haven't taught us that. That was something that we had to do. And he said, well, but you can read. I thought, I said, I'm so glad I didn't ask that question. You know what I mean? It's like, you can't. You can, Go Google it. I mean, figure it out. I mean, this is not, we're not here. There are no lectures. There's no sermons, nothing. You're just kind of like, here you go. And, uh, and if you know, you say you got a master's degree and you're ready to go, go. You went in the grocery store, you put it in the buggy. Now, will you check out or not? That's the question. And checking out was what I thought about. I thought about it. Checking out. Let's check out of here. Let's get out. Exit stage. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not making it up. But, but, but here's, here's what I realized. I realized in my life, I started looking at my life, and I started admitting, I'm lying to myself. God, that's hard to say. I'm not telling myself the truth. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not 
I'm not being honest with me. And it's one thing when you get to that moment when you can say, man, I am not, I am not willing to do the work. Not one time, but every week for 12 semesters, are you willing to do the work? Are you willing for 12 times, sir, you've done it three so far, are you willing to go <laughs> the rest of the way? And here's what you find out when you really talk to people is other people thought like you. Watch this. Have you ever come or said, honest moment, have you ever had a moment when you thought about quitting something? Raise your hand. Yeah, look at that. Look, see, you're not alone. Everybody in here knows exactly how it feels. And all of you that are watching from home or on demand, you know exactly how it feels. But what, here's the difference, though. You faced it. You faced it. Some of you won't face it. If this church says we want to reach the community, we want to make a difference, you can't do it broke. You can't do it without volunteers. We have 400 people who volunteer here. God bless you. Can we give them a big hand? 400 people. It's true. 400 people. That's amazing. 400 people. Now, what's amazing, though, is all of the things that happen, and I'm, I'm having to say to myself, okay, it's going to be different now. It's not going to be the same. Some of you want it to be the same. You want to work, but nothing can change. Nothing can ever change. The way it's done, the way it's it, but the work changes. My marriage has changed over the years. I met Diana in her early 20s. She's different now. <laughs> different work, different, different challenges. I'm different. But the question is, am I willing to do the work? And here's a prophecy verse for you. Ready? Ecclesiastes. I love this verse. This verse kind of gets you there. It takes you down the land. Here's what it says. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. Seven things that can, can affect your work, and I'll talk about those in a minute, but let me show you if I can. Um, under number three in your notes, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10, the New King James Version. I gave you the message, but I want you to see the New King James Version. Whatever your hands, read it out loud with me, please. Come on. Whatever your hands finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave. When you die, you can't do anything. But he says, whatever your hands find to do, do it. Do it. In verse 9, chapter 9, verse 10, in the message version, the version above that, in the message version, it says this, whatever turns up, grab it and do it, and do it heartily. This is your last and only chance at it. There's something about grabbing the work, grabbing the opportunity and saying, I see this as a chance, and not running from it. Some people, they struggle. There's something about understanding Nobody taught me how to do this, and I may not be doing it right. It, it's tough to admit that sometimes I um, really don't know how to do this. And that's why it's been going badly. I've had no classes. I've never had anybody to even correct me. I've kind of floated, and no one's ever stopped me and said, that's wrong. Has anybody done that to you? That's, that's not the way to do that. It's not the way to be a wife. It's not the way to be a husband. That's not to be the way. Some of you go on a job and they stop you and criticize you, and you take that, you, you, you get offended because everybody doesn't applaud you. I think you have to have a few bad sermons. Hopefully this is not one of them. <laughs> you, have to have, you have to mess up. You have to get lost. You have to figure it out. And those are the five questions I told you that can help you. Look at your work. Number one, do you, do you know how? Do you have a strategy? Who taught you? Name the person. 
Sometimes it's supposed to be parents, but name the person. Have you ever had a class on it? Have you ever been corrected? Are you really working for what you want? Think about those questions. Am I really, am I really going where I want to go? Are my priorities consistent with where I say I'm going? What I've learned in my life is I didn't have anybody to teach me certain things. So I was making up as I went. I never had a class on it. So I was making up as I was going. I was the kind of person who, when you corrected me, if I wasn't careful, I misunderstood the correction. Rather than seeing that as a gift so that I won't do it wrong again, I view that as somebody trying to harm me or make me look little or belittle me. And that's not the case. There's something about someone saying to me, you said you're going to the mall, but you're going in the wrong direction. There's something about somebody saying to you. And if you can't, if you can't process that, listen to me carefully, you'll never do the work right. You'll spend all of your life going in the wrong direction, doing the wrong thing. And one of the things that happens to churches is churches end up doing the wrong thing. They think it's all about worship services and gathering around and singing and all the stuff that we got going on. All these, it's, it's more than that. It's being really clear, back to the word we started with, being really clear about what we are doing and where we're trying to go. And if you cannot settle in that place, you will never get there. And then when you get there, if you don't work hard and work right, it won't come together. And so here's what will happen to you. You ready? At the end of your life, you will wonder what you did with it. Is that a question in your mind today? You've lived how long? And so what did you do with your life? How about this? Let's not dwell on that. Let's get clear about a new plan. Let's reimagine a new plan, which is our theme for next year, reimagine. Let's get our minds aimed in a direction and say, okay, okay, pastor, I may have been, uh, okay, my first goal was to raise my kids. Okay, you, you, go, you, get, you kind of made it through that, okay? You got a house and a little thing or whatever you got. So, okay, all that's done. Now you're in this new phase. This is what happens to older people. They get to these new phases, and they don't know what to do with themselves. Here's what you do. Plan new work. Plan new things to put your hands to with all your might. Plan to do something different. Ask yourself these questions. And what's really amazing is the older you get, you got better answers. You can plan better. You have a better ability to strategize. But here's what happens if you're not careful. Your brain shuts down and you stop dreaming. You stop planning. There's nothing on the table. Tell me where you're going. Tell me what you're working on. Tell me what the goals are. Tell me who you've allowed in your life to correct you and stop you and show you how to work better. Tell me who you'll put yourself under. Who you'll let guide you and, and instruct you. I fear my ignorance. I fear it because it's as wide as the ocean. The things I don't know and don't understand. The reason I think God has waited to bless me is because I had to grow up a little bit more. Abraham was 80 before God got him started. Think about that. He tried at 40, but he messed up because he had it wrong. He tried to work the wrong way, kill people, and that's how you get over it. No. Moses had to wait 80 years to work 40. He died at 120. It took that long for God to get him to work in the right direction. And then at 100, he still had an attitude problem. He was smoking rocks at 100. It's amazing. How, do, how, how long is it taking God to get you to sit at the table 
I said, can we talk about your life and where you're going? What in the world are you working on? What are you trying to do? Can we have a moment of discussion? Are you even clear about why you're going to work every day? You know, it's funny. I was, I was um, talking to a friend who's a new friend, nice guy, right? And uh, I didn't know that he's got all this stuff going on, right? He has this incredible business life and all this stuff. Didn't know any of that. And he's, he's got burnt out. He got really burnt out. And so we're talking about that. And so I, I stumbled into the business side of his life. And here's what, here's what I, I came away with. You can have everything. You can have money. You can have big opportunities. You can have the ability to go anywhere in the world anytime you want and buy anything you want. You live in the house you dream of. You, ha- you have no need of anything. And be miserable. You think the answer to your problem is money. You think that's going to solve it all. It won't if you don't have a clear vision, a clear picture of what you're designed to do. I don't get, take this right, I don't get much fulfillment from preaching. I'm sorry, that disappoints anybody. I never dreamed I'd have a job where I got in front of people to talk. If I really am honest, say, be honest, preacher, come on. I don't know that I like pastoring that much. I like people more than pastoring. That's probably good, isn't it, right? I like people. I don't need to do this to be a happy person with the lights and the stuff. I don't need all that. Not emotionally, I don't. That helps me see past all this and focus on the work. So my heart and my mind is not tied to Pastor Dr. Ricky Temple guy. That's not, that's not it. Honestly, God is not. It really is, I see past that. There's something about dealing with people who just love you. You know, you know what I'm saying? That with Diane, I get this feeling from her that she'll work with me through those moments when we don't have quite the agreement. <laughs> because she sees Rick. She's, you, you understand what I'm saying? It, it's not about anything I provide or do. It's Rick. I see Rick. And sometimes she said, Rick, now come on, Rick. I said, what? <laughs> now you know. And, and, and I'm, I, there's, there's something about that mindset that she's clear. That's Rick. When I look at you as a church, I, I, I just see you. This is not about performing or trying to be good today or walk the dog, as they say. You know, when you preach real good, I ain't walking the dog. <laughs> I'm just trying to help some people I love be better. Come on, amen. That's all I want. I want you to be better. And there's something about getting past being an authoritative dad or an authoritative mother or a boss, and you just see the value of the work. And you, that's, you're clear about that. 
And if, if success comes with that, if money comes with that, if attention comes with that, if all that other stuff comes with that, you're fine because you see beyond all of that. And you're always clear. You're not confused. And so one day when I'm no longer Pastor Rick, and one day when I'm no longer in charge here at all, because I'm clear, I'm okay. But it's when I'm not clear. It's when you're no longer the mother that's needed every day. It's when you're no longer the guy at the factory. You're no longer the foreman. Or you no longer, you no longer have that title. If you're not, if you're not clear, you'll, you'll always be lost. Are you lost? You, you don't have work. You need, you, need to, you need to begin to say, Lord, let me, let me think about work. Let me see past these things. Let me stop, you know, my kids, you know, they don't call me. Well, do something else with your life. You want them to, you raise them to call you every day? I mean, it's good that they do. I love my kids. I, want, I love talking to them every day. If I can, I love it. But, but they have a life. My biggest concern is at 61 that I have one. Come on, amen. I need to have one. I want to close with a story. I'm done. One of the best ways to learn how to live is to watch people live. There's a lady named Ruth. It's an amazing story. She's a person who has this life that gets out of control. And she has to do something that's amazing. She has to retool her life. There are seven things I didn't, I didn't mention to you, but she demonstrates all of them. Repeat them with me, please. There's seven things that can affect your work. Same with you. Say clarity, support, time, knowledge, truth, opportunity, and retooling. Do you know what you're doing? We talked about that. Who is holding up your arms? Who's supporting you? Who's teaching you? Who showed you how to do this? Moses had people on both sides of him that helped him. Who, how much time do you give to working? How much do you really know about work? Do you know the truth about your work? Are you, you, know, are you deceived? Are you clear? Have you created opportunities for yourself? Are you waiting for somebody else to come save you, make your life better? You know, it's just amazing how we wait for somebody to show up like on a horse and deliver us from our life. Are you the person who understands the power of retooling and replacing things in your life? Ruth is that example. Ruth is a person, and Ruth chapter 1 through chapter 2 is really great. You can read all four chapters with her. Her, her story grips me because here's a woman, number one, who loses everything. And she has to work past heartbreak. Can you say it with me, please? Say work past heartbreak. She lost her husband in chapter 1, verse 4 through 5 of Ruth. You can read it on your own. She lost her husband. And so he got three women, right, and they all lose their husbands. And so Naomi... Oprah and Ruth, all three of them, lose their husbands. And so now Oprah goes back to her family. And then Ruth and Naomi stay together. Ruth refuses to leave Naomi. Naomi was her mother-in-law. And she refuses to leave Naomi because she says, where you go, I go. Where you die, I die. It's amazing. Committed to her. So she has to decide, I've, broke, I've had a heartbreak, but I can't stay here. What happened to you? And, and are you still there? You have not worked past it. You're not clear. Look at me for a second. You're not clear 
that you can't stay here grieving over this. I, I know it's tragic. I know it's sad. It is horrific. I'm, I'm right now watching some friends go through this horrible experience. Micah Stampley, a good friend, God bless him, lost his daughter, 15-year-old daughter this week. Last year, it was a good friend of mine, Pastor Bishop Timothy Clark, lost his daughter, Dee Dee. Like a Diane, man, she's all over the church. That's who she was in that church. Incredible. Loved around the world. But you can't stay there. Every day can't be about talking about them. Every day, you've you got to find a way. And Ruth finds a way. Ruth finds a way. She has to break past heartbreak. You have to work past that. You lost your mom, you lost your dad, but did they raise you to spend all of your life in grief? Is that what you're doing? Look, I wish I could stay. I wish I could stay forever, but I've done enough funerals to know that I can't. I, I, I understand, at least an intellectual level, that that's just part of the journey. But what's powerful is to see a woman in, in the book of Ruth get past it and live past the heartbreak. Some of us refuse to do the work to get past it. Well, Pastor Rick, how do you get past it? Walk that way. Talk that way. Think that way. Plan that way. I cannot live here. I am not raising them to live all their life. I'm not raising, I'm not teaching this church all these years. It'd be a disgrace for me after 38 years of pastoring. That all you know how to do is grieve over me. I've taught you to love me so much and admire me so much that all you do is talk about me. I understand it's important to honor me. You can put a little picture up somewhere if you want to. It's all good. <laughs> you don't, I mean, you don't have to. I mean, honestly, you don't. You know, I ain't going to get no attitude or nothing. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying, you know what I mean? <laughs> Praise God. 38 years, I get a little picture of something. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. One. That's all one picture. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Number two. She, she, she had to find work. She, she couldn't. It didn't just come to her. It, it, listen, it doesn't just come to you. She and Naomi left, moved back home where Naomi moved to Naomi's home, but they went and they found work. She, she, she pushed for it. She went to Naomi, asked for advice until they found a place to work. It's not coming for free. Look at me. You're not going to get better by f- for free. Do you decide? When I see that grandmama get up and say, I'm walking, I'm tired of these bones hurting me, I'm tired of this, I'm tired of this back and neck and all this stuff, I'm going walking. And I don't care if you're walking slow, walk, baby, walk, walk. Walk with a little rock with play. I don't know what you got to do. Do something. You've got to find a way to do the work. This church has to find a way to do the work. Churches are dying. They're falling off. They're, they're, they're peaking out. The average age in this church is 36. To me, it's phenomenal to get 1,000 kids out the last yesterday. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. After 38 years, you still got people interested in what you're doing. Hundreds and hundreds of kids. I love it. But that's work. Come on, amen. You got to do the work. Then lastly, watch this. Oh, this is important. 
She had to work with limited recognition. She wasn't famous. She wasn't famous. <laughs> Stop thinking you have to be famous. Stop thinking you have to be there. Stop thinking that you have to be a big shot. Maybe you can just be you. I am so I'm amazed at every level, at every level of my life. I am tempted to dwell on fame. When I had 45 people and the lady said, he passes the mission down the street. I said, my church is not a mission. <laughs> what do you mean a mission? The mission down the street. I didn't like that at all, mission. It's a church. <laughs> <laughs> storefront. That's all we can get right now. Thank you very much. What in the, I mean, I just did, you know, then you get 100 people, you know, then you get 200 people, whatever. When you, get five, when you get to some number, like 500, then they think you're, oh, oh boy, you know. But, you know, sometimes you just get out there with what you have. That's what she did. Went to work, picking up wheat, trying to scrap together. Not to be a big shot. Just be a working shot. Come on, just work with what you have. And here's what will happen to you. The Bible says that, if you look at the note I gave you there, she, Boaz noticed her. He said, who is that? Who is that woman? And they said, oh, that's, that's Ruth. Naomi's daughter-in-law. Her husband died. Both of her husbands died. And she stayed with him. Her work ethic made her famous. She stayed with her. If someone were to describe the work you do, what would they say? What would your grandchildren say? See, you just keep thinking about your job. I ain't talking about your job. What would your children say? You make the effort to get back? You make the effort to get to the program? You make the effort? Do the work? What would your husband say? Do you try, girl? Are you grumpy? Hmm? Are you trying? Or have you given up? Father, help us today. Look at our hearts and our lives in a different way. Help us leave here today with a clear sense of call to the work. I don't know what the work is for them. For some, it's restoring a relationship. For some, it's being just a nicer person. For some, it's not cussing so much. Jesus. Not, not, not being so flirty and flying all over everywhere with everybody. Drinking ourselves drunk. What is that? What am I working toward while I'm doing all that? Where are these drugs taking me? Where is it, what is it doing to my mind and my life? Is this what I want for my life? Is this what I'm working towards? Lord, I pray that you'd help me do the work so that others can see it. Help me, Jesus. I want to pay something in your mind for a second before I, before I dismiss you. I was in a hotel the other day and um, let me tell you something. When you do the work and you, you, you get up early, you get dressed on time, 
and I was going to this, um, this it was a concierge uh, floor, and so the lady in there, she said something to me. It was so powerful. She said, uh, about the second day, she said, uh, excuse me, sir, can I just tell you something? Thank you for coming in here and smiling. She said, I, I, just, I don't even know your name. Rick, Ricky, right? That's Ricky. Thank you. Man, that thing touched me. I thought, wow, God, help me do the work. And every morning I go in. How many more days you got, Mr. Ricky? He's still smiling. You know, I start working on my smile when I left the room after that, you know. And I smile. <laughs> Get my smile going. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Stand on your feet. Praise God. Father, help us to smile today. Help us go do the work. Help us make a difference someplace we touch today. And I pray for this church that this future would be amazing, that we'd not be afraid to do the work. When we go to the grocery store of dreams, we put all those things in the buggy. Help us be willing to do the work. Help us be willing to do the work. <laughs> Can I give you a little, little tip, too, as we leave? If you really want to do the work, tell somebody what the work is. See, then you can't lie, see, because now you done told somebody. See, somebody, students asked me this past week, they say, because, you know, we talk, you, you talk about how you, you, you thought about quitting or leaving. And I said this, I said, well, I, I got a whole bunch of people I've told I'm going. So I said, they'd vote me down if I told them I was going to quit. Let's take a vote. How many think I should hang in there? All in favor of me staying, say aye. Anybody want me to quit? That's it. <laughs> staying, staying wins, praise God. Thank you for coming. Are you glad you came today? Come on, amen. I'm, listen, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm going to stay and do my work. You stay and do your work. And we're going to do some amazing work together. Amen, praise God. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One last question. I know you're going to get me if you don't. Every head bow. I'm sorry. Father, I pray for anybody in this room who doesn't know Jesus, who's never given Jesus their life, who say, Lord, I never surrendered my life to you, but I need to. I need to do the work. You died on the cross. You did the hard work. I need to just accept you as my Lord and Savior. And so, Lord, if there's anybody here that said, Pastor, that prayer is for me. I want you right now, lift your hand so I know who I'm praying for. That prayer is for me. Pastor, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I see your hand. Anybody? Father, I pray for those whose hands are lifted. I see hands. I see hearts. Touch them in Jesus' name. And let this be the beginning of a new life for them. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now look this way real quick before we leave. Well, I pray you enjoyed today's message. I pray that it lifted you up. You know, the Bible said the word of God can go down to the very marrow of the bone. It can reach into the very deep parts of your soul. And I hope you were blessed today. If you like the message, it helped you. Link it and send it to a friend. I really appreciate you being with us today. And I pray that God will use this word to bless you and many others. You have a blessed day. God bless.